0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to It's Not That Terrible, the podcast where I, Zach Brown, and join my host, Morgan. What's up, Morgan? And we're gonna talk about some movies that have been. Oh, this one's just bad. This one's just a bad one, but I love it so much. We are talking Spy Kids Three, Game Over. Morgan, what are your initial thoughts on this one? Man, it's better. It's better than Ready Player One. Oh, that's a hot take. I don't. That's like a that hot one. take, and I'm
1: gonna fucking. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking say it. Atari Sega Nintendo would be, uh, fucking stoked that I said that.
0: Oh, Nintendo, you weird company, you. <laughs> yeah, they're not cool with me saying that, so. No, they are not. All right, Spy Kids 3 released July 25th, 2003, when I was just a mere three years old.
1: <laughs> I have a story about this, um...
0: <laughs> I want to hear it, I want to hear it. Okay,
1: if we're doing this now, we'll do this now. So, back in the day, uh... Whenever I bought this movie, let's see, this came out in 2003, right? Is what you said? Yeah, 2003, yeah. Okay, give me one second, (laughs) because I bought this movie the same day that I bought, holy shit, it was Pokemon
0: Heroes. (laughs) I had this on DVD, I remember the the 3D glasses being like the ones I used in the movie. Yeah, the first time I ever saw
1: this, I watched this like a real gamer on a laptop with 3D glasses. (laughs) So... I mean, I'm just saying, I was probably like, it was what, 2003? I was probably like seven, seven or eight. So, you know, I mean, continue. I just, I have a very long history with this movie and this is going to be a ride today, y'all.
0: This is going to be a ride. A runtime of 83 minutes that fly by. This felt like one of the (laughs) fastest movies I've watched in a long time. It felt like 30 minutes. I was incredibly surprised when it ended. I was like, oh, it's, it's over has some
1: of the best pacing out of like any kids movie like ever like it only falls apart like like once but it's so perfect
0: it was written directed edited and composed by robert rodriguez the man himself (laughs) god how did he how did he manage to do all of this dude i swear to god i
1: swear to god i mentioned this in the pre-show but you have to imagine that machete like I'm pretty sure Machete is kind of like behind all of this. I think he's he's like the guy behind um, uh, the production company that makes these movies. And so, yes, I w- Robert
0: Rodriguez and Machete, I think, work together.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah, he does. Yeah, it this this movie is a blessing, truly. That- yeah, Danny
0: Trejo and and Robert Rodriguez work together on these. Yeah, which is just a crazy thought. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, it currently holds a 45 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is understandable, but a 4.1 on IMDb is ridiculous. This should be at least a 6.0. Oh, this for sure. It's deserves a
1: 6.0. This movie is a 6 for sure. As a kid's movie, it's a 7.
0: Oh yeah, easily, easily 7. So I kind of want to get started with the podcast. I want to explain kind of to our listeners in episode one what we kind of want to do. So we're going to take these movies that have you know low scores on RT or on IMDb, and we're going to kind of watch them and talk about why they're not that terrible and this was a great example of one because this is a fun movie <laughs> like this is ridiculously fun it's way fun and it's it's even more fun
1: to make fun of but only because it actually enhances the experience because the movie's not inherently terrible like it's actually not bad but yeah <laughs> you'll see when we get to our show notes uh will i'll i'll leave that for later because it is a you're all are in
0: for a treat today you guys are in for a serious treat. And you said that I'm going to go ahead and let's get started on the, the kind of the, the plot synopsis of the movie. But we're going to go with our notes as well. So this is going to be uh, a chronological train wreck. <laughs> yeah. And now I do want to start because I started the movie up and it immediately has the Robert Rodriguez little, little guy on the roller coaster who always comes through and mm-hmm. does some weird stuff on the Trofemaker logo. But I'm pretty sure on the DVD there was like a fleek and floop like introduction into 3D, wasn't there? I'm sorry. just what... crazy. Uh, what? was there? Like, I'm pretty sure there's like an intro with uh Fleegan flute who's he played by he's played by uh I don't, I don't know it's both of those. It's Alan Cummings. Alan Cummings. Oh, His character man. like introduces the movie with 3D glasses. I remember this Wait, vividly. you're so right.
1: You're so right.
0: Cuz it's like he's talking to the 3D and they put them on you and then it goes <laughs> into the Troublemaker logo I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. Sorry for calling you out, so,
0: but you are right. No, I, I, I wasn't sure I was right or not because it, it feels like a fever dream. <laughs> like, is this real?
1: <laughs> this movie is a fever dream.
0: So we go through the, the normal uh, intro where the titles are coming at your face. Like, they are intense. They're just flying through the screen. And then we hard cut to a water park with probably the greatest voiceover I've ever seen <laughs> from Juni Cortez. <laughs> in which he explains Agua being Spanish for water. Which okay, that makes sense. Fair, but then they pan up to the water slide he's at, and it looks like it's a the Kremlin from from Moscow, Russia. Like it is. <laughs> I don't understand the like. I understand the Spanish name because it's Robert Rodriguez movie, and everything he does has some kind of Hispanic background. Mm-hmm. But the water park is not. I, you, it's you not know, look. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't look. It
1: doesn't look too too water. But I you know whatever robert you work with what you got here man and you made a great film that's all that matters
0: i guess i guess he did make a great film and as dan as juni's talking over his life as a current pi he mentions that he is a pi and then it cuts to him stepping in gum and he says probably the greatest line a gumshoe god and, damn it <laughs> I have, I did like the like the little schoolgirl chuckle, like the giggle. I went, <laughs> whenever he said that because I thought it was so funny. The the opening
1: narration by Junie is just like the best. It sets this movie up to be like this like incredible, uh, noir. <laughs> and so I have here in my notes Texas noir, <laughs> because this is all obviously shot or is supposed to be shot in Austin, Texas. So you know. He's only working for five dollars, so.
0: This uh, is... No, actually, it's four dollars and ninety-nine cents. <laughs> he's not charging. I do tax. not think he. he right. I don't yeah. think he. Cho- I have that written right here. Does Judy charge tax? Or have ninety-nine cents laying around. He just because I think it it's a his, good question.
1: He's putting it all in on his ten ninety-nine. He's going to account for it later. Don't worry about it.
0: Yeah, I was like, how? That's so much change just laying around. Charge the extra penny. I think it'll be okay. And Zach, who I'm is his first sure Selena Gomez. I'm sure, Selena Gomez can pay the extra cent. Pre-wizard Selena Gomez is in this movie. What the hell?
1: I don't know if she could pay that one cent, dude. She probably wasn't making
0: that Disney money yet. Oh, not yet, but she was like three years away from it. She was close.
1: She was very close.
0: And then we have a, like a montage of Junie doing P.I. things, like getting a cat out of a tree. As you do. Do P.I.s get cats out of trees? I, do you want me to call Jessica Jones? Like, I mean... <laughs> Like, we can get on the know. show. Let's do it. Let's get Jessica <laughs> Jones out here. She's hey, the money after Netflix canceled her.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jessica Jones, if you're listening, uh, call us now. Uh, I'll put my phone number in the show notes. Um, just hit me up. Yeah, Twitter is uh, at Pilsy Nagram, it's the Morgan High slip backwards. Just shoot me a DM.
0: <laughs> and then we have a great shot of probably my favorite sets in the movie is the Jump Garden because it looks just like it is seconds from falling and crushing Junie. like that place is stacked
1: yeah it's like a trap room like someone like purposefully made this to put this action figure in it's like did you
0: notice who that action figure was
1: yep it was foxy grandpa but we'll get to that later
0: (laughs) foxy grandpa and then we have a hard cut to junie walking down i'm guessing congress avenue in austin texas because you can see the congress building behind him with the texas flag yeah and he gets a very important phone call on his cell phone from the OSS asking him to come back, which he responds in a very, like, stern, stern talking to, leave me alone. Fair. I don't know what the OSS did to him, but he is not happy. He's like, not stoked. No, he's not stoked at all. And now we come to the moment we've been waiting for, the introduction of the game. Game over. Was the game called game over?
1: I, you know, sure, game over, you know, I think that's the name of the game, like, (laughs) what a fucking on-the-nose, if someone developed this game, I feel like it would have been Devolver Digital.
0: (laughs) It's totally (laughs) a Devolver game.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a Devolver game. They have a weird
0: E3 intro for it.
1: A hundred percent, and they're aware about how terrible it looks, they know.
0: And then we have the introduction of the greatest actor of all time, Sylvester Stallone, in what has to be the worst disguise I've ever seen. (laughs) his mustache is literally falling on like i think that's the point but it does not does not come off that way it comes off as it's a terrible mustache the accent what is this accent he has
1: why did he say interview like that
0: unavailable for interviews
1: sly you are italian sir how about you fucking pump the brakes you are not allowed to say things like that. No, sir.
0: He is the Italian Stallion. God damn it. Not the Hispanic heartthrob. He is the Italian Stallion. It's true. It's true. And then we have Junie talking about the game and how important it is and how big it's going to be for the world as he's carrying this guinea this, this guinea pig, this, uh, this piggy bank that has wings. Which I call but... the
1: swine flu pigging bank. <laughs> Here in my nose. This thing is. Continue.
0: Every kid in the line has this piggy bank with wings. No fucking way. I'm 98% sure the kid in front of him has it as well. And the kid behind him is... There's a kid who has a sock full of money, though. I did see that in the the wide shot. (laughs) That kid has a sock full of money. I did notice that.
1: How he got that.
0: Yeah, he has a tube sock full of money.
1: (laughs) Oh, God. And
0: then, as Juni's weighing the options of buying the game, he weighs if he could just donate it to charity. And then it pans to the saddest looking man in a wheelchair. (laughs) who is cleaning the window of a charity place. Why? Did... And it is the most depressing shot in the movie.
1: All right. I don't know why they made him clean the windows of the charity. I don't
0: either. Dang, it was very man. odd. that It was like this very sad-looking old man cleaning the windows.
1: Shout out to that old man. He needs a pay raise for sure. He would have voted Bernie probably.
0: Oh, 100%. Burn Blue.
1: Nope, Burn that's Blue. not the right one. What? Not Burn Blue. <laughs> No, we'll fucking burn blue anyway dude he gives a fuck burn dude. blue he's a democrat burn blue
0: and then we travel back to junie's lair in the treehouse where we get the voice cameo from the one and only steve buscemi and i was so happy to hear his voice again
1: steve buscemi shout out to romero real quick because steve buscemi romero. I'm pretty sure he's a white man but you know his name is romero in the movie and that's you know sure i'll buy it he's a really smart guy uh he, made, he makes
0: tiny sharks <laughs> he
1: makes tiny sharks and that like that little like miniature centaur guy that's like hanging oh, that out that thing's terrifying that thing is awful it reminds that me of small so soldiers and i i don't want to sleep at night
0: and then we finally see him the man of the hour ralph Shout who does Ralph. not have an appearance in the entire movie except for this in the very end and that is a travesty cuz Ralph is awesome.
1: Yeah, Ralph kind of fucks. I remember having like I remember having the little like Burger King toy of Ralph back in the day.
0: Oh, I totally I totally had a little Ralph somewhere around my house at some yeah. point. I was obsessed with that stupid thing. It was so cool.
1: Aside from Ralph, can we also point out the fact that Junie Cortez, this young man, has a trackball mouse? That was important enough (laughs) for me to put in my notes.
0: Trackball mouses are the best.
1: Trackball mouses are... No, I was going to say they're like the mechanical keyboards of mice, but that's not true. Because I have a mechanical keyboard. They're not as loud. (laughs) They're not as loud, and I don't have a trackball mouse, but I do have a mechanical keyboard, so it's not the same.
0: And then we hear what sounds like a Black Hawk helicopter flying into Judy's base. But no, it's just Gertie giggles. Emily Osment herself, pre-Hannah Montana, f- comes flying into Dooney's base with her, Are, is she like a, an inhuman? Is, what is what is her deal? Is she nah, dude, magic?
1: No, nah, dude, she's got, uh, she's a spy. She made something for those pigtails. Also, what's with everyone's obsession with pigtails in this movie?
0: Everyone's wearing pigtails.
1: <laughs> if you got pigtails, you're fucking. That's what, that's what this movie's about. <laughs> Isn't Emily Osmond <laughs> comes in helicopter style, big chillin' with pigtails that just like, all right, I guess, let me suspend my disbelief real quick. You already have like a talking robot and a miniature centaur. I might as well believe that this white girl has pigtails that make her fly, but go ahead.
0: Fair enough. And then Junie pours her some Mexican chocolate, not Mexican hot chocolate, just Mexican chocolate that has been sitting in that container for, I imagine, at least a week. Is it Cold
1: slightly chilled it's in austin so probably not
0: (laughs) yeah it's probably 150 degrees in that (laughs) and then my question came up here why does juni have such a big stick of his ass about the oss is that ever explained i sincerely don't
1: know i think it's because later we find out that carmen well no because he has no idea carmen's kidnapped right so yeah I don't know. Are we going to have to do an episode on the Island of Lost Dreams? I don't know. I kind of oh, hope not. I hope oh. not, but I think that might be the weakest one, but I still remember <laughs> parts of that movie. Uh, I don't know. Like, But you have to imagine, Like, if you're is Spy Kids 1, let's throw it back uh, for the audience real quick. If you didn't know, uh, Juni had to fight Thumb Thumbs at the age oh, of like thumb 8 thumbs. years old.
0: With warty hands. He had yeah. warts on his fingers. And
1: he had warts. That was my first introduction to warts. I didn't know what a wart was until Junior Cortez had one. And so, like, he had to fight these thumbs and, like, these people who were, like, uh, F- Floops Fuglies. Shout out to that name. Uh, yeah. Very, cool. appro- very appropriate. Uh, But, he, you know, after two movies of that or, like, however long that is in uh, Spy Kids time, I'd probably be super sick of it, too, I guess. Yeah. But no one understands, like, why he has such a stick of his ass. So, who knows? That, maybe that's a plot hole. I don't know.
0: And then we get the single biggest line of foreshadowing in the entire movie. Where <laughs> Gertie tells Junie, everyone is your family. Let this line stick in your brain for the rest of the podcast. Everyone is your family. It mm-hmm. comes back big.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you see the seal... Of someone who is not the president, because that is not the presidential seal. It has a very large raven, I think, on it. Don't really know what that seal was.
1: I don't know what that was.
0: And Morgan, Morgan, tell the, tell the audience, who is the president?
1: You know, at first glance, you might look and you're like, whoa, Rob Thomas got a fucking killer gig in this movie. But don't let that fool you. That is George fucking Clooney. Not Rob the Thomas man... of the hit band Matchbox 20. Continue.
0: The man, the myth, the legend, George Clooney, is president of the United States. I wish we were that lucky. I wish. I wish we were that lucky. We have the Nespresso Man as our president. <laughs> but here's the thing. You don't know George Clooney because he's doing his best cosplay from the poster for Parasite where he has a big black bar across his eyes for some reason to protect his identity, I guess, even though he's the president? Yeah, why wouldn't someone just, like, intercept this and know exactly where this was coming from? Well, spoilers, it's coming from George Clooney's actual office. (laughs) Because they recorded all of his scenes in an afternoon while he wore his suit jacket and pajama pants.
1: I guess, to be fair, I'm recording this podcast without pants, so it makes... (laughs) I mean, it's... (laughs) perfectly acceptable that george clooney was just like just chilling in his superman pajamas you know
0: george clooney got that check from his office and i'm impressed and now we're gonna move on there's a little bit of talk between clooney and junie about the oss that's whatever we move on to the oss headquarters in what has to be the coolest set design for a room ever Mm -hmm. the oss game room looks incredible they have those weird translucent octagons or hexagons all over the top. with people with fake computers that you can obviously see are not real computers. Because <laughs> they are just it's... translucent. And Why piece, is everyone holding a donut, Zach? Did you hear when they're talking and the, the guy goes, this one's deformed, I don't want it. And it's like, oh, they're talking about like uh, a spy design. No, it's donuts. They're eating donuts.
1: What the fuck? At least give us a brand placement. I need to know what donuts to yeah. go get after this movie. I,
0: I can only imagine they were Dunkin'. They have to be Dunkin' Donuts.
1: Well, Dunkin' Donuts are trash, but you can keep going.
0: And that's why they're deformed.
1: <laughs> fair. Fair. I thought this was going to lead into something different. <laughs> you go ahead.
0: And at this point, I have the thought in my head of, like, Junie is wearing he's wearing a half-zip z- half zip shirt <laughs> like that zips up to the neck. Yeah. Why is it zipped all the way up? <laughs> Who wears a half-zip all the way zipped up?
1: Dude, it's it's 2003, man. He had to look cool. He's not a spy anymore. He's not following the rules. He's, he's doing an his...
0: ex-spy.
1: Oh sure, yeah. He's not a spy anymore. It's game over for him being a spy.
0: <laughs> and then we meet the Giggle parents, Francesca, played by Salma Hayek, who is the best in this movie. She Truly. is amazing. Truly. And then Mr. Giggles, whose name I've forgotten.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't know him. He's got a mustache though. Killer stash.
0: Yeah, he's got a killer stash. But he's also whipped as hell. That's
1: true. That was hilarious to watch. It's, well, you think it was because of her pigtails as well? Because everybody
0: in this movie has pigtails. Wait, are the pigtails hereditary? <laughs> oh no! Do you think she? But did also, fly with her pigtails? follow up: How is how is Salma Hayek the mother of Emily Osment?
1: <laughs> they adopted those kids.
0: They had to, have. for sure. For there sure, there is no way.
1: No, you don't need, like, you know, you don't, it's, it's 2020 now, but even in to- 2003, you didn't need, like, the stereotypical nuclear family. You could just... No, adopt. never. I mean, look at, look at uh, uh, Brangelina, you know?
0: Oh, Brangelina.
1: Yeah, rip. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Rest in
0: peace. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, what a great film. Yeah. And at this point, we get the explanation to Junie from the Giggle parents that they sent Carmen into the game. That is okay. Let's 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 rewind here a little bit. We're gonna rewind. The game is being used by a man named the Toy Maker, who was played by Sylvester Stallone, excellently, might I add, to then control the minds of children once they get into the game. I believe that's how I understood it. Is that correct?
1: Th- that's what it seems. I I wasn't a hundred and ten percent on like his whole purpose here. It kind of made it seem like. He wanted this to happen. I'm more concerned with something that will get brought up later. But, yeah, the whole thing's weird. There's an unwinnable level for, like, no reason. And he just – I just feel like uh, Danny Trejo and Robert Rodriguez read Ready Player One. And, like, we're just like, let's just do something like that, kind of.
0: Yeah, it's a very – like, so apparently they sent Carmen in by herself. After she cried, she tried to call Junie, mm-hmm. which I'd imagine Junie would answer the phone from Carmen. So I don't understand how that happened unless they went to a third party to call Junie.
1: Yeah, Skype, which probably. would
0: not have been a very good idea. Yeah. Not a good idea. So they sent, so Carmen went in by herself. She got to level three and then disappeared. But she didn't disappear because her body is floating in some kind of zero gravity chamber behind this TV screen.
1: <laughs> yeah. And
0: they bring the TV screen up and you see Carmen's body just floating.
1: I I, they explain why they can't just take these glasses off of her because she's just wearing glasses. And that's what puts you inside the game.
0: But was she wearing glasses? I don't remember.
1: No, she definitely was. I'm confident in that (laughs) she was wearing gunners for sure.
0: (laughs) She was totally wearing gunners, getting that (laughs) blue light out of there. Yeah, for sure. Clicking heads. Clicking heads. So, they tell Junie that he has to go into the game, find Carmen, and shut down the game from the inside. Because apparently there is just a switch sitting in the last level of the game to shut the game down. Yeah. We'll get back to the switches later, because there is a, a plot twist in these switches towards the end I want to discuss.
1: Spoilers, there is more than one switch.
0: There is more than one switch. One does the exact opposite of the other one.
1: And now... I have in my notes here, this is what starts, where in the world is Carmen Cortez? <laughs> <laughs> so now that is the plot for the movie. You're all welcome.
0: <laughs> so Juni is told that he has to enter the game, and they give him the coolest lensless glasses, because there are no lens in these glasses. Mm-mm. And you can tell very obviously. Yeah. He's strapped into a chair that has like 12 seatbelts. Why they put him in a chair, I'm not 100% sure if he's going to end up in the zero gravity chamber in a second. <laughs> Don't quite understand that. They put on the glasses, and I remember in the DVD, this is the moment that the movie turned 3D. Yeah. And you had to, like, follow, if you followed with them perfectly, Yeah. it would be 3D right as the movie turned 3D, and it was super cool. Yes. It is not as cool on Netflix when there's no 3D.
1: No, Netflix ruined this movie, for sure. It's
0: pretty lame. It is pretty lame by itself. And then Juni is sent through time and space to a location that I think Morgan describes best as
1: Toontown Adventures. <laughs> it it looks like if if anybody remembers from the early two thousands there was a browser game called Toontown Adventures. I fucking never played it, but go watch this movie and go look up a trailer because it is the closest thing. To ripping that off that I've ever seen, and I don't know how they didn't get in trouble at all.
0: You know what's even worse, though, the Pogo Toads.
1: <laughs> That's my next line. <laughs> the Pogo Toads. I. I I don't have an explanation for I wish I had some. I wish I had a bit for it. I just don't. I'm sorry.
0: I will say that orange and black are a badass color combination. That's fact. Like, Fuck Oklahoma State, but, like, Orange and Black is a great combo.
1: (laughs) Fuck Oklahoma State and also fuck Oklahoma as a state.
0: That's a good point. Very good point. There you go. And we also learn that Sly himself, Sylvester Stallone, has voicing every single character in this movie that is not a human. No way! He voices, like, everything in this movie. Once you're in the game, he voices everything that's not a human. Oh, my God. He's our—he's like the world's first indie dev. He really is. Sylvester Stallone is an indie dev. For sure. Someone tell him about Pop Agenda.
1: Oh, yeah. Let's get his game on Pop Agenda. Uh, I mean, like I said before, this game was definitely developed by Devolver Digital.
0: For sure. Oh, 100%. 100%. For sure. And then we meet the beta testers. <laughs> but we don't know they're the beta testers yet. For Right now, we just see Arnold walking around grabbing coins. And then we have a 3D gimmick, because this was 2003 in a 3D movies. So we had a gimmick of the tongues <laughs> shooting out and trying to hit people. Yeah, and it is real bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's so it's so bad. It is just terrible. Everyone, please but watch hey, this movie for the love of It's God. a great movie. This is a. Gr- I may be kind of dissing on this part of the movie, but the next like hour is incredible.
1: <laughs> oh my God.
0: And then Juni, through events, falls through a hole and awakens in, I don't even know how to explain this Westworld type of underground lair.
1: Okay, but we're totally skipping out on the fact that, okay, let's, let's, give, <laughs> let's give a little bit of uh, context about why he falls. He jumps on a Pogo Toad who, what, that is being ridden by one of the beta testers. He then gets pushed off the pogo toad, hits a T-pose, and then falls <laughs> into the sewer. I just needed to clarify that Juni Cortez hit a fucking T-pose in 2003.
0: There you go. That's
1: all. That's you how did. they
0: get the motion capture.
1: Truly. That's why Megan Trainer is married to him now. Oh my god. I totally forgot that till just now. I couldn't stop thinking about it. This whole movie.
0: That Megan Trainer is married to Juni Cortez. No trouble. <laughs> God no <damn> it. <laughs> and then we learn from the robot that is just a big circle with eyes that's odd it was voiced by sylvester stallone might I add that this game is just like miller's planet from interstellar where time just moves i believe the line he says is time flies when you're playing video games
1: Yep, that's what it says. It says, time flies when you're playing games. I wrote that in my notes. <laughs> it was very poignant.
0: So now instead of giving Junie the 24 hours, which he... Do in- you have 24 or 12? Uh, I think it's just 12. So I forgot to mention that earlier. Junie has 12 hours to get in and out of this game before it goes live. That's not important at all in the entire movie. Mm-mm. They never once mention it again after, like, this no. moment. <laughs> no. So Juni finds out he has nine lives, or he had, he had ten, maybe, it shows nine. He's now down to, I believe, eight lives.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And once you hit zero, it is game over. <laughs> Which is just, they use the words game over in this movie more than I've ever seen used in video game- games in my entire life.
1: Game over, you know? That... Mm- <laughs> There's a lot of even better fucking quotes throughout this movie, so let's not focus on game over too much because, man, we get hit with some real gems later.
0: All right, then we go to this, like, green zone world one map at one point (laughs) where we officially meet the beta testers, Rez, who is a total badass, Arnold, who I have entitled in my notes Frog Eyes because he wears these goggles that are, like, he looks, looks like, like a frog guy. <laughs> and looked- then Francis, who my notes say is the other one, <laughs> a cool guy. Because there's no descriptor of him. He's he's not the cool guy. He's the smart guy, isn't he? He's Prop? the smart guy.
1: Okay, sure, yeah. <laughs> These three guys form- were like so like I don't know I don't know why it didn't resonate with me. I just know one is strong. I don't know why smart. they were
0: needed in this movie.
1: Yeah, one is strong. One is cool, and then one is smart. That's like, it, yeah, that's all you need to do. One's,
0: one's also poor. <laughs> we'll learn that later.
1: Oh, god.
0: And then they tell Junie that if they were, if he uses to beat the game, it's an immediate game over. There's a game over again for you. Mm-hmm. So they tell Junie he needs to hop on this pad and hit a target to get shot to the dark side of the room, to the dark side of the moon, not the room. <laughs> so if
1: you're wondering, this is literally just the target course from Super Smash Bros. 64.
0: It, it, it really is. It is. Because <laughs> it really is. I, I think the graphics in 64 were better than this, though. Ouch, dude. <laughs> so, I put in my, my notes earlier, the particle effects were kind of cool in a scene. I take that back, because this moon scene is terrible. <laughs> it looks like he's laying on, like, a gray painted ground. It is awful.
1: Just shaking. Like, so, yeah. so very blatantly that they just covered an entire room with a green sheet, and they were just like, yeah, act.
0: Did you notice in the after credits when they're showing the bloopers that it's like all green screen like the entire time?
1: Yes, and they had homies in green suits catching kids (laughs) if they fell. Like, I
0: noticed all of it. So we reach the dark side of the moon. We don't get to meet Richard Nimoy from, or Leonard Nimoy from uh, Dark Side of the Moon Transformers 3. Instead, we get a video call from Salma Hayek. Where she tells Junie that he can call in one lifeline. And does he call in his father, who is extremely skilled spy, or his mother, who is also extremely skilled spy, or Machete, who is Machete? No. Who does he call in, Morgan?
1: Foxy Grandpa. <laughs> he
0: calls in his grandfather, rest in peace, Ricardo Montalban, who is, is
1: honestly the best part of this movie
0: he's so great because he's just having a blast
1: he's like he has the biggest dick energy out of everybody here and is consistently like the most wholesome gandalf ass character that 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 lord of the rings reference is important so bookmark that in your mind he's so good he's like essentially the heart of this movie and for better or for worse Grandpa is the true protagonist of this film. Let's. Just,
0: <laughs> grandpa let's... is the guy. Yeah. And so, it's grand. The grandpa is in a wheelchair. It is not important, but it also kind of is, because once Grandpa arrives on the moon from somewhere, don't know where they teleported him from. Is he very confused? Because he could have been in a in the bathroom at this moment, and they just
1: <laughs> make him appear on. on
0: yeah. I don't know how he got there. It's not explained. But once he arrives on the moon, he's talking to Juni. And then out of nowhere appears this power-up <laughs> that is called Mega Legs.
1: <laughs> oh. I didn't know Pay to Win was in 2003, but I guess. It actually it paid to walk, walk I, think. I think.
0: No. Which is just terrible. terrible. Oh, No. So grandpa, so grandpa is given him mega legs, legs and he now has the ability to walk, walk and run and chase a butterfly for a good duration of the movie. <laughs> yeah. I I don't I don't, I don't understand. understand. There's something moving like, I'm like how did how this did get past test audiences?
1: Like I guess they just needed an excuse for like grandpa to get from point A to point B without him like being on camera. Uh, so often so like that way like I guess grandpa wouldn't cramp his style but like how fucked is it that <laughs> Junie's like yeah i want to call him my grandpa and then his grandpa shows up like collectively six times yeah and he's like yeah I'll fucking be here bro but I'm gonna go check out this butterfly you give me a ring if you need anything
0: but also the grandpa is in a lot of the scenes we just never see it we see him once that's true and then he's never in the group shots again in some of these scenes yeah but now we move on to what might be the single greatest fight sequence in any movie ever created.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Rock'em Sock'em Robots in Space.
1: Also known as Armored Cortez.
0: Armored Cortez. So Juni arrives in this robot arena while dodging just meteorites of, uh, of rebel and broken robots flying out of this arena.
1: Yeah, and I guess like that, if we're if this translates to a video game, you know, uh, the toy maker really nailed it with moment to moment gameplay. <laughs> yeah, know? these like, are
0: <laughs> these are all quick time events. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's no real downtime in this, like at all. He's uh, doing pretty good. Junie
0: Junie's walking in the circle, pops to hit that before he gets hit by a, a piece of arm that just comes flying out of the arena.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean Junie knows he's played games. He's played Halo.
0: <laughs> There's no lava in Halo.
1: No, oh, shut the fuck up. That's later.
0: <laughs> so we get into this arena. Junie is very quickly run through by I think the same person in each spot. Is that is that what was it? The same NPC as he walks up the levels to the robot. <laughs> I think so. So this NPC who I thought was a real human walks him through the arena to get to his robot, so that he can fight. Demetra was that her name? Yeah, Demetra. Also Demetra.
1: Yeah, also known as Sheon.
0: Sheon, <laughs> the E girl of 2003.
1: She probably has a G fuel sponsorship. Oh, easily. I,
0: easily, she's probably hitting. that has, mango Yeah, she has that pink uh gamer chair. You know. <laughs> yeah. I'm not calling her Alinity, but she could be Alinity oh, okay. in Okay, chill the
1: fuck out, dude. <laughs> We don't know, we don't know anything about Demetra's uh, uh, social life with her pets. We don't know how she, she seems perfectly nice. Who knows?
0: And then we get probably one of the weirdest awkward scenes when they are face-to-face in their robots. So I want you to imagine this, listener. The robots are bodies, but their heads are the humans standing on these platforms that are somehow keeping them upright. I don't know how they don't fall off
1: these robots. Yeah, like, I guess it's heavily implied that, like, there's some sort of stabilization. But, like, in reality, whenever you're watching the movie, it looks like these people are just magnetized to these, like, to these platforms. It doesn't make any sense, but I guess you just have to ride with it.
0: Then we get another Sylvester Stallone cameo as his voice announces the rules, where he says, No ear biting. Shout out Mike Tyson. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then... Junie and Demetra stand across from each other and go to shake hands, but Junie knocks the shit out of her robot. As we Like, he, he hits it hard, and for some reason her mouth, her, her lip gets busted. Yeah, I don't... Like,
1: like, this is the equivalent of the scene in Superbad where like he goes in for the piss, fist bump and just punches her in the titty. Like, that is what happens <laughs> in Spy Kids 3D. <laughs>
0: And so they begin their fight, which is actually a really cool fight. I like it. It's it's a fun fight. Uh, The crowd effects I think were pulled from Madden 03, though. (laughs) (laughs) Those crowd effects.
1: You're being generous, but.
0: And this kind of turns into like the Thor and Hulk fight from Ragnarok for a second. Because they're both getting the shit kicked out of them.
1: Yeah, Ragnarok was heavily inspired by Spy Kids 3D.
0: We should definitely uh, tweet at Taika and ask him. (laughs) <laughs> if he was inspired by Spike is three. Absolutely. And then Juni defeats Demetra probably in the best way possible, where he just runs really fast around the arena. Yeah. Where her robot body just twists until it breaks. And a enormous amount of screws and nuts come flying out of the robot bo- robot body.
1: Yeah, I don't really know why we needed that, aside from like the stupid fucking three D effect, but okay, I guess. Like
0: Yeah, yeah, this movie is a movie. And somehow she loses life points twice as fast as Junie did. When Junie gets knocked over, he loses one point. (laughs) But when she gets knocked over, she loses two points. Therefore, game over is a sexist game, and I will not stand for it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think this movie is really just a metaphor for game balancing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because, like, is she playing on expert difficulty and Junie's playing on casual?
1: She looks like she fucking would. She looks like she'd fucking roast... Yeah, she looks like she would roast like roast Junie super hard for playing on baby-ass baby mode. And she's a real gamer, dude. Junie's a
0: fucking poser. So once Junie beats her in this fight, this very lanky, scary-looking robot comes over. I don't know how to describe it, because it just is a terrifying image of like this thin robot with T-1000 arms. Yeah. Uh... It then pushes Juni's platform down, and shoots him out at probably Mach 3, because he goes flying. <laughs> but he gets to keep his killer-ass suit. Which is important later. It which is important. is important later. And then we cut to the Toymaker layer, The Toymaker's layer, <laughs> Where we get to meet Sylvester Stallone in his Sylvester's the clone. <laughs> Dude! We have a... a very nerdy Sylvester Staclone. A very Buddhist Sylvester Staclone with a southern accent. Don't he's know a... why he has the KFC colonel uh, oh. accent.
1: Dude, for sure, he's in a Leonard Skinner covered band, dude.
0: <laughs> for sure. And then we have Sylvester Staclone, who is Napoleon? I, I don't understand this last one. He's like a general of some yeah, sort.
1: He's a general, but like, let's just be real here. The dude's just a bottom. Like, like he's just wearing it because you know, I mean, because he has to. Because he has to, like someone. We also really get telling him what to do. Go ahead.
0: And we also get at this point, uh, the toy maker having existential crisis of if he's doing the right thing, and he yeah. is told it's not the right thing to do; it's the correct thing to do.
1: Yeah, so we have a conflicted villain here, y'all. that's all i got
0: and yeah (laughs) Uh, let's take a break real quick so i can get a drink yep and we will continue after that and we are back we are now moving on to the ready player one portion of spy kids (laughs) three
1: i have this section labeled in my notes as f0
0: it is F-Zero. It is it's, like Ready Player One and F-Zero had a baby. Truly. So after Junie gets launched out of weird battle arena he ends up in this like city landscape I guess? Is that how you describe it? Like a city? Yeah. Where he meets back up with the uh, beta testers and he as he walks up we get a shot of him standing in the middle of the game over logo where he fits in perfectly to the silhouette of the character who is titled The Guy. We then learn that Junie is the coming of Jesus guy. Yeah. He is the one way that everybody can get out of the game. They're Messiah, which is okay. Mm-hmm. Junie kind of is odd. just
1: a, you know, Junie is a lot like Jesus in the <laughs> sense that their names both start with J. That's it. that is the
0: only thing that's it yeah and we then get what can only be described as one of the greatest racing scenes in all we sent all of movie history but before that we get the pivotal pivotal line
1: (laughs) hold on to your joysticks boys
0: (laughs) i didn't even write that down in my notes i forgot you're
1: goddamn right i have that written down in my notes (laughs) That is also, line. that's right under uh, probably Sly Stallone's best acting performance. <laughs> oh, easily. Yeah. Oh, sure. Sylvester
0: Stallone is giving it his all in this. So then we get into the race where Junie is getting the shit kicked out of him. For some reason, one of the beta testers just has, has it out for Junie. Mm-hmm. He breaks his bike at one point. Then Junie starts sliding down the track at a speed that probably would have killed him if he hit even just a pebble. A pebble, that pebble would have gone right through his brain.
1: <laughs> well, like he's not lo- like he's hitting all this shit, and he's not losing much life at this point, is he?
0: I don't think he's losing any life. I don't think he loses life at all in this.
1: I don't think so either.
0: Which this makes no sense. Rigged. It's rigged. And then we get the man the myth the legend, Grandpa Ed Machina, comes over and saves <laughs> Junie. Uh, throws a kid off a bike. Grandpa commits vehicular uh, manslaughter,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then <laughs> we go through this tunnel that is the single scene in the movie that made me actually nauseous. This tunnel effect they have oh. in this race scene is terrible. It's very. I don't even know bad. how to. It's very very bad. And once they get through the tunnel, they fall through Cloud City.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they literally
0: fall through the bottom of Cloud City like Luke. Oh. Yeah. And Junie somehow wins this race by riding on a hubcap.
1: Yeah, Junie wins. into
0: <laughs> <Sorry>. Christmas vacation.
1: <laughs> Junie wins by becoming a pro skater. Is <laughs> is a note that I
0: have? Ah oh, man, this movie is just yeah. wild.
1: <laughs> but so, Gamer Girl is chasing him down through the finish line. Yeah. It is close.
0: Yeah, it's very close between him and Demetra wearing her motocross uniform with a uh, laser tag vest. (laughs) Yeah. We then um, get to the point where Grandpa is just a badass again. Mm. And one of my favorite lines where each of the beta testers go, my coolness, my strength, my smarts. And then Demetra goes, my intuition?
1: Like she's not sure. She has no fucking idea. Like Or she
0: couldn't read the cue card being held behind the camera. <laughs> because she is reading off cue card's entire movie.
1: That's so true. Like and like to the point where like they have her hair like so visibly hairsprayed to where it's just staying in one place. I don't know why I have they were oh. so committed to her hair looking like that. Well but... I have
0: a line here, like six lines down I have what kind of hair gels i have? Because their hair is just expertly gelled. Expert. And at this point, once the race is over, they start heading towards level three. They have to go through a scary area that is like Blade Runner Mm -hmm. mixed with the Matrix, I guess, would be the best description of it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And we learn about the programmers with a Z.
1: Also known as... Kids who wrote Matrix
0: fan fiction, for sure. Oh, yeah, they're rocking the combat boots and long trench coats. Yeah. And I guess these kids are ninjas because they are just hiding in the top of the towers.
1: Yeah, they got Dead Silence on, for sure.
0: <laughs> and these two programmers are named E-Dog and Logos. And they're trying to catch Juni and Demetra cheating. Like, they're just out in the open using a map they should not have.
1: Yeah, Demetra has a bot. I have that written down here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and grandpa comes up from behind these two kids and grabs them by their neck na- cats. And we get a scene where the beta testers reveal their real identities of the programmers. Don't know how they're able to do this. Yeah, it's but never they're... like
1: never mentioned why or like how Junie or the grandpa knew that uh, that cool, that smart guy had this tool, but all of a sudden he has this tool and he's scanning these nerds, and it's never brought up again.
0: And they are just, they are just the nerdiest of nerds. I'm talking pocket protector nerds, straight pocket protector. Which, okay, <laughs> <You> don't. <laughs> all right, I guess. And then we have a scene where I believe it's right here where they are. It cuts to the investor, Stallone and his clones, mm-hmm. and they're discussing how they have to make the game easier for Junie. Or else he won't make it to the last level. Yeah. And so they give Junie an extra life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which Junie then takes and showers Demetra in it like it is yeah a and, weird powdery substance.
1: And that's where I have Junie is a simp for Demetra. <laughs> or a reply guy. <laughs> Junie is 100% oh Demetra's reply guy. He's been subbed so for like 12 months for sure. <laughs>
0: I have so many tweet, like headers for these tweets now that I'm going to use to <laughs> display this. <laughs> Judy Cortez is a simp, confirmed. <laughs> Facts. And we have now just now reached level three. This is like the moment where the movie kind of, I think, slows down a little bit. Because mm-hmm. like it's been moving at a, at a clip. Yeah. But we just now reached yeah. level three because I realized, oh, no, we have five levels to this game. And we are now just 40 minutes into an hour and 30 minute long movie. Right. It slows down. Mm-hmm. And we get to this point now where the players are forced to fight each other for some reason. Yeah, this is the portion I call Final Destination No Items. Except- it is a one-stock Final Destination.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: So, Juni and Arnold, Arnold, who is also known as Frog Eyes, are forced to fight each other on these platforms. And we get to this point now where we learn Arnold's sad backstory... That he is beta testing the game, which I'm going to stop here for a second. Beta testers, mm-hmm. would they not be allowed to win the game since they get early access? I I don't know.
1: I'm more concerned about, like, why the, quote, good guys have preview codes for this game. <laughs> like, you know, like, I'm more concerned as to why, like, Sylvester, the toy maker, started giving out review codes for this game. That <laughs> to is, the good guys only. To the good guys only. Only and like three white white dudes that he he just like just totally pranked I guess.
0: Yeah, it's very it's very odd, but now we get Arnold's sad backstory that he is playing the game to save his family from poverty, which was a mm-hmm. pretty pretty hard backstory to give to a kids movie. I feel like. <laughs> and he's the only one with the backstory. Yeah, he's the only one that has backstory. <laughs> very odd, and then Junie is trying to tell Arnold he's trying to save his sister. In which Arnold says, I'm thinking about my family, but doesn't that mean that Junie's also thinking of his family?
1: Yeah. Like Arnold totally tries to discount the fact that like, oh yeah, bro, I'm looking for my sister. But actually, I don't even know. Do they know at this point if Junie is looking for Carmen?
0: Uh, He says it when they're fighting. I wrote it down. Okay. okay. So I don't know. I don't think, I don't, I don't know, man. There's some weird plot holes.
1: Dude, uh, I don't want to watch this movie again, so uh, we'll just... And then
0: Junie got his ass kicked.
1: <laughs> Facts. To the point
0: where he is down to point five life.
1: Yeah, because he's a fucking idiot. He should have He, he should have known that the next thing would have been so fucking tough, he should have used that health pack. But instead, he gifted a subscription to fucking Demetra's <laughs> fucking Twitch chat. Like,
0: he did a tier 3 sub.
1: <laughs> tier 3 sub, dude
0: and then there's a moment where the game suddenly stops and we see Demetra has decided to take Junie's place and she gets absolutely obliterated by Arnold
1: and like honestly,
0: this dude destroys her
1: and honestly I think this sets a bad reputation for reply guys everywhere <laughs> yeah if you think about it now, now they yeah. think that they're entitled to help if they're uh, if they're donating to the... If they're paying for their Patreon or something like that... Reply Guys, if you're listening to this, it doesn't work that way. She just she just really liked him, maybe thought he was cute. Who knows?
0: Yeah. It was mutual. And then we, we get one of the single greatest lines in cinematic history. After Demetra's untimely fate where she dies and gets a game over screen... Junie looks into the camera and goes... I never even got her email address... <laughs> And that's where I have written down, Junie still uses
1: email for some fucking reason as, like, a main it's point of contact. Funny. Well, yeah, but, like, this dude totally would have been on fucking AIM. Like, it's 03, dude. Oh, yeah, you're Yeah, right. it, AOL Instant Messenger fucking bus, bro. He's not, no, even, no. It was not cool to send emails back then. It's still not cool to send an email now. Don't email me, please.
0: <laughs> please. And <laughs> nobody email Morkin. The little fucking God. <laughs> so now we've beaten level three. And now we're on to level four. Lava Mountain.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Where Juni uses his telepathy to talk to Carmen, which I guess is canon. I don't remember.
1: Yeah, it's a bit from Island of Lost Dreams. It's whenever they realize oh. they can start um, communicating uh, telepathically. Because I think in the beginning of that movie, they couldn't talk or something. And so they had to figure out a way to talk. And that's just how that happened, I guess.
0: Remember in Spy Kids 1 when they would just cook McDonald's and it turned into a full meal?
1: Dude, uh, dude, that was like the one gadget I wanted as a kid. Was this like, I want this microwave that I can put this pamphlet in and just have a Big, <laughs> big Mac ready to fucking go.
0: <laughs> I don't know why I thought that all of a sudden. But <laughs> now we make it. And now Carmen is back. Because of a terribly not funny gag, where she's talking while Junie uses tele- tele- telepathy. Telepathy is not a funny gag.
1: No. Now we find out she was the Pink Ranger the whole time.
0: She also has a Freddy Krueger claw. She Don't does. Know why? She does that.
1: Why? <laughs> why didn't Junie get something that fucking cool?
0: Hey, Junie got orange and black. All right. You <laughs> got it. a cool. I he guess you got, got the cool costume. I guess. So now we have a little bit where they walk to Lava Mountain which is nothing happens Mm -hmm. then they make it to Lava Mountain and they see lava and for some reason it's brought up there's no Halo there's no lava in Halo yeah
1: well no they said they said there's yeah of course there's a lava level there's a lava level in like every video game and then fucking smart guy is like
0: oh yeah yeah he's
1: like there's no lava in Halo and I'm like oh cool sick reference bro
0: yeah combat evolved
1: well, honestly, like I say, <laughs> honestly I say sick reference, bro. But like this movie's references are like leagues better than any of the Ready Player One references. Uh, false. No. Well, mm, all right, we'll find about it you it after see the show.
0: Tracer in Ready Player yeah, One.
1: Yeah, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> Slappers only, dude. Shut up.
0: <laughs> we see the Winnebago from uh, fucking. Spaceballs.
1: And why is there fucking the Iron Giant in Ready Player One? <laughs> okay,
0: we'll talk about Ready Player One another show.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and now, I do remember one thing from the Spy Kids 3D Game Boy game that I did own, is that what? this level was super fucking hard. There was not a Game Boy game. There was. Look it up. It was a side-scrolling. Oh. Oh. I'm pretty sure it was side-scrolling. I'm looking That's at what it right Blue Point's working on now. Blue Points next big game. Yeah, it is a side scroller. Oh god. A 62% on Rotten Tomatoes, or on Metacritic. Not terrible. Um, 8.0 user score. Okay.
1: GameSpot gave it a 66. All right, let me go to Game Exchange after this to go see, what,
0: <laughs> go see what they got, dude. Just download it on a on a uh, emulator. <laughs> yeah, that's what we'll do. And now the game maker or the toy maker not game maker the toy maker sends out tinkered toys which are little robot men with gnarly teeth Mm -hmm. to chase the crew for some reason i don't remember why because
1: they were straying off course um oh that's
0: right they were trying to find a way out
1: yeah they were trying to find a way around the lava mountain and so this was before open world games would (laughs) would let you (laughs) uh just find different ways to get places where this is
0: pre-breath of the wild yeah
1: Yeah, so Sly Stallone was trying to make a more linear experience, and he was not happy that they were trying to play Breath of the Wild.
0: These Tinker Toys bring up probably one of the greatest scenes in this entire movie, the lava surfing scene.
1: It's SSX tricky, but lava.
0: Where Grandpa is shredding the gnar. (laughs) Uh It also has the the biggest banger on the soundtrack, the surfing music in the background. Yes, yes. Oh, it's so good. Grandpa comes flying down a wave going, Rip the wave, Junie! <laughs> <laughs> and then we get our Batman v Superman slash Avengers, where they try the OSS tries to drown them in lava. <laughs> Doesn't work. For some reason, the good guys are trying to drown their own people in lava, I guess, to make them get game over, because the game's getting too hard. Mm-hmm. I... I hated, didn't understand that it was kind of stupid but once they drown them they find out the lava is cold and they yeah. can swim in it so it's just orange water oh. they are swimming in orange crush and they are going to be so sticky afterwards
1: yeah Sly Stallone he totally, he totally made a Breath of the Wild style game except he just knew the world wasn't ready for it yet
0: oh no It was, just, it was, it was Sylvester Stallone was the creator of the Breath of the Wild
1: Sylvester Stallone is the Hideo Kojima of Spy Kids 3D.
0: <laughs> For sure. Oh my god. For and sure. And so they swim through this lava to a cave where they actually do use telepathy to talk to each other underwater. Mm-hmm. And then once they make it into the cave, Juni gets out of the water, And I see probably the worst Chroma King I've ever seen in the film. When he's trying to take the lava off his suit, <laughs> the lava clips clips into his suit. Like he moves forward in the three D space and the it's like the lava was in a two D plane yes. and he just walks right through the lava.
1: <laughs> yep, just totally that's just how it disappears.
0: But hey, this movie's still amazing. Alright? It's not that terrible. It's not the title terrible. of the podcast. That's the that's the gist. It's a it's, good movie. It's a good movie. <laughs> um, and then we meet who do we meet? Who do we meet, Morgan? We meet wow. him. We meet the guy. Elijah Frodo Wood, fucking Baggins. Elijah <laughs> um, Wood,
1: and he comes in, dude. S- Dick swinging, like he <laughs> he walks in. He's got the same fucking suit as Junie fucking Cortez, except it's but platinum, it's
0: silver. It's it, fucking chrome. It's
1: chrome, dude. Oh. He got he played Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and he got every one of those fucking suits maxed out all camos and he's like i'm rocking platinum for this class bud and he walks in and everyone's like oh junie you fucking idiot you weren't the guy this whole time it's elijah wood he's the guy and of course yeah carmen you know
0: you know here comes my favorite line (laughs) oh the guy tries to walk through the group to get to the door to level five so they can continue to the end of the game. And Carmen stands in his way. And with a completely straight face, she goes, You have to go through me first, Game Boy.
1: <laughs> That's why there was a Game Boy game.
0: Oh, 100%. <laughs> they, couldn't get it, they couldn't get Nintendo's name on the game, but they could get Game Boy. Yeah, for sure. Um, We also see that Frodo has Palpatine's, like, lightning powers. Is he also (laughs) a Palpatine child?
1: Yeah, he's a Palpatine clone. He's the clone of a Palpatine clone who fucked a Palpatine clone.
0: Yeah, that's the plot of Rise of Skywalker. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And then we get probably the saddest death as the guy walks and gets immediately ganked. (laughs) Like, he Just, like, (laughs)
1: fragged immediately. Just, like, tossed. He walks...
0: Oh, man. Yeah, he, and we get a countdown from 99. He had 99 health. Why? And it just goes... Brrr, oops.
1: It explodes. But, okay, this begs the question. Was Elijah Wood a player within that space, or was he an NPC that was supposed to help guide them through the end of the level?
0: I think he was the the fake guy they were talking about. You think so? Because remember earlier in the film, they're talking about how there is an imposter yeah. Guy that's trying to lead them down a terrible path, but mm, let's save that theory
1: for like thirty seconds because I don't I... <laughs> because Demetra. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Demetra is obviously
0: continue. So once we get into the actual area, we see Demetra again. She's back, and she's still reading off cue cards. <laughs> when J- when jimmy junie not jimmy whew, when junie asks her how she survived she goes i don't know there must have been a glitch or something like Which I'm immediately like oh okay this is weird
1: not only are you reading off cue cards but you're also a bad fucking liar shion like come on
0: <laughs> and then we get a scene where carmen exposes demetra by running her hand through her face yeah swipes right through her, and she's just code. She's made of code. She's in the air like a hacker. Boop, 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 boop. She's just <laughs> hacking. So we find out she's the deceiver. Yes. Yes. So I'm guessing the guy who was just really good at the game got ganked to Yeah, he got
1: 360 fucking no-scoped as soon as he walked through the room.
0: Yeah, and then we see the toy maker again. This time, the camera's angled like my grandparents call.
1: <laughs> Wait, say that reason, again? It... You totally cut out? <laughs>
0: Oh, okay, so the toy maker, we see him again, and the camera's angled like my grandparents making a FaceTime call. Jesus. It's like angled from below, The like it's angled from below, and he's looking down at the camera.
1: Two chins,
0: just looking <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, I don't understand yeah. that. You know, you're totally right. <laughs> and then we get the monkey robots that are just kind of there, they disappear. appear. Yeah. And they start chasing everyone.
1: This is where I grand- wrote, this is where I wrote DK64 deserved better. <laughs> TK-64 is trash. <laughs> no, it's fine, dude.
0: That's the fine video game. So, the toy maker has now initiated an attack on him. But Grandpa has found the switch to shut down the game. Mm-hmm. He tells everyone they would need to run to the escape pod to get out of the game. And he'll shut the game down. Somehow, Demetra recovers some sense of humanity, I guess? I don't know if she becomes like a Westworld host and suddenly has... Like, her own thoughts but she says she'll shut down the game for them
1: yeah, so they well, escape it's also implied that they're suddenly fucking dating now too like oh, there, yeah, there's like all this sexual tension and then now like whenever Carmen starts calling her out on her bullshit she's like oh, uh that's my uh, he's my boyfriend and I'm like alright chill the fuck out you 13 year old like y'all were just playing like Toontown Adventures like 30 <laughs> minutes ago
0: they were like hanging the... out in each other's club playing one's igloo. For sure. <laughs> and so they escape. The game gets shut down apparently. Mm-hmm. They arrive back at... Is it OSS? I well, yeah, OSS. They, lie, yeah, they yeah. arrive back in the game. Yeah. Room not IS, with, ISIS. Not ISIS. No, it is <laughs> not ISIS. No. They arrive back into the OSS room where they are talking with Salma Hayek and her husband. They got the game shut down. Grandpa comes rolling in like a badass. Yeah, with his what is it? His um,
1: his wheelchair. He says, "Don't touch the wheelchair. It's real
0: Corinthian leather." So, and I'm pretty sure that's a reference to an old commercial that um, uh, the actor who played the Richard Montalban, Ricardo Montalban, Montalban, I think it's. I'm messing it up. That was a commercial he did back in the, like, the 70s, I think, for a car for a car company what where the he fuck? says it's rich Corinthian leather.
1: Oh my god, these this movie is so much more meta than I ever wanted it to be.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a callback. I have to find it, but I'm pretty sure it's just a callback to a commercial he did back in Re- the mid seventies.
1: Regardless, it shows that grandpa is part of the one
0: percent. Oh yeah. Yeah. Grandpa is rich yeah. as hell. Yeah. He's We out. also then we also then meet the beta testers in real life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Who are all just each other but they're flipped around. Yeah. So the smart kid is now the cool guy. The cool guy is now smart the guy. strong guy? Or is he the smart guy?
1: No, he's the smart guy. And now strong boy is now weak boy.
0: Yeah. So it's yeah. very, very odd. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't do all three. So. <laughs> yeah. And we also learned that Grandpa is basically a terrorist. <laughs> Grandpa <laughs> flipped the switch that released the Toymaker instead so of shutting the game down. Because yep. the maker has been trapped inside the game. Because of Grandpa, I don't quite understand the whole entire backstory between Toymaker and Grandpa.
1: All I know is that the Toymaker disabled Grandpa, and Grandpa was like, oh, man, as soon as he found out he was in this video game, he's like, oh, man, I'm coming for that guy's head. And so he did, and I think the point was that he he freed the Toymaker, and he also shut down the game, but that, that also made it to where the Toymaker could bring all of these, like, all these fucking Donkey Kongs out here in the real world. But in other words, Grandpa was like, I want to fight this fucker in the real world.
0: So Grandpa got what he fucking wanted, I guess. And then we get a great yelling from one of the workers inside the OS. Earthquake, tornado, hurricane, as the room begins (laughs) to shake. Because the monkey robots are now in the real world. Mm Mm-hmm. We go outside onto Congress Avenue, right in front of the Congress, and there's nothing there. Until they put on the glasses, and they can see everything. And Junie yes. makes the call to call the family. That's when we see Antonio Banderas sitting in some kind of lab in his office, in his office. messing with a yeah, messing with a brain. They don't, yeah, is the, the, brains- call- the brain a callback?
1: Brain is a callback to Spy Kids 1.
0: Oh, you're right. Yep. So he's and, messing with the brain. He's being yeah. very careful. And then they, the kids call, and he just throws all that safety out the window. He
1: says, he says this is the biggest, most important <laughs> moment of my entire life. And they're like, hey, uh, Antonio Banderas, uh, your kids, uh, they're in trouble. And he's like, oh, fuck these brains. And he just... Sweeps them all off the table. Because he because the point here, in case you missed it, is so that the world everyone watching knows that his kids are actually the most important thing in the world to him.
0: And then we get the best character in the entire Spy Kids series. Their uncle, played by Cheech Marin.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he goes, That's my family too, and flies out in rocket boots. Antonio Banderas lands in front of the kids and gets his own title card that just says "Dad,", Dad. <laughs> which might be my new Twitter avatar. Not gonna lie, might put "Dad." He looks at the kids and yells, "Glasses, quick!" And, and then the, the mom, mom shows up; shows she gets her own title card. card. Mm-hmm. Grandma shows, shows up, getting her own title card as grandma. grandma. And then <laughs> machete, machete lands and instead of it saying. Sing, Friend of of Dad, Dad, it
1: says Machete. As we're all supposed to know, if see this is the culmination of the Spy Kids cinematic universe. If you don't know, this is the the portal portal scene. True, this is the fucking portal scene to Spy Kids. If you didn't watch Spy Kids one and Spy Kids two: Island of Lost Dreams, you are not fucking fit for Spy Kids three D. And this is where they. And then they they realize that they they don't have enough enough people. people. To fight, fight the monster
0: to, to fight, fight these monsters these, monsters, these robots, robots. Mm. And, and so juni hears in his head movie, the last merlin movie that, I that I told you guys remember everyone is family so he tells, so he tells this little watch thing, thing to call everyone and son of a bitch he calls everyone alan cummings and tony shalhoub come flying in at this point i stood up and i cheered i cheered <laughs> seeing Flute and Minion back at it again was a beautiful moment
1: yep and like this this last fight is literally
0: just Ape Escape oh it is let's, let's it throw
1: is. that out there
0: and then who comes next Dinky Winks did someone ring the Dinkster <laughs> the owner of the theme park from the opening also rest in peace Bill Paxton oh dude of course, Bill Paxson in this movie. Of course. Then we get Little Dink.
1: Thanks, Little Dink. The Lil- pivotal line spoken by uh, the Dinkster. <laughs> God damn it, this
0: movie. And then finally, it's no longer a voice cameo. It's a full-fledged appearance by Steve Buscemi's Romero. Hell yeah. But they can only give him broken glasses because his one character trait is that he has broken glasses. To which he responds, Oh, these are perfect.
1: <laughs> comedy. I don't y'all. understand it, man. Comedy. Comedy.
0: Oh, weird. You still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, oh, yeah, that was weird. My, my computer. Go shop for a second. You're good. Uh. We can just cut this right here. Yeah. And then we get the call to Gary giggles who is in the midst of receiving. I'm guessing the biggest award of his life at the spy awards. Yeah. Very small crowd though. Very small crowd. It's all just spies. Yeah. And then they also call in Gertie who they don't call in Gertie. Gertie just shows up. Yeah. For some reason, she's already there. So yeah. they take down, she's got, they she's take totally down got all these robots. Yeah. They take down all these robots, no problem at all. And then here he comes. The Italian Stallion robot. This thing is terrifying. It's so ugly. It
1: looks like it looks like the big mecha version of Ivan Ooze from <laughs> the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> except it's Sylvester
0: Stallone and they he worked it truly oh he he used all of his acting chops Absolutely. from both the porn and from the movies oh my god movie.
1: the fucking porn
0: but now here is i told you earlier before the show in the in the pre show that there was a thing i noticed in this movie about this shot it is that they're just shooting on green screen it's a clean slate yes. because you can still see the cars in the background driving yes so it's At, not a close set. They literally are just shooting off of a image of downtown Austin.
1: <laughs> Dude, and you know, as a kid, I was like, Where is this? Why do the red lights look like that? And then my mom's just like, uh, well, like, traffic lights are like that in Texas. And I was like, Was this shot in fucking Texas? And my mom's just <laughs> like, I guess.
0: The very large Texas flag on top of the Congress building.
1: It didn't give it away for me as a fucking seven-year-old. Sorry, Zach.
0: <laughs> and then we get one of the, the best, talking scenes. I guess because it's not even action scene, mm-hmm. of Grandpa inside the so- Stallone robot with Sly, where yeah. they. I guess he talks him down from destroying everything.
1: Yeah, he he gets on his fucking. He gets in his wheelchair with Corinthian leather, with a fucking. Jet, all of a sudden, his wheelchair got a jetpack. Got a jetpack. Now he's in the robot. And this is where I have written in my notes, Neon Genesis, even Grandpa. So <laughs> take that as you will. And that is when we get to the talking scene. You can
0: continue. I needed to point that out. So Grandpa talks him down. They talk for a couple minutes about how he took his legs so he took his freedom. I think that was the gist. <laughs> and then Spencer Stallone decides, you know what? It's time. And he flips off the world's biggest off switch, like it is a gigantic on-off switch. It literally just says on and off.
1: Why?
0: He flips the uh, the switch to off. Looks at Grandpa and goes, "Game over." <laughs> <laughs> Game over, dude. And at this point, the day has been won. Somehow, Grandpa rides his wheelchair up on top of the robot. Don't know how he did that because that's not a flat surface. No. And we get what I can only call the fast and furious barbecue scene of Spy Kids three. <laughs> Everyone gathers together and talks about how they're all a big family.
1: <laughs>
0: and for some reason, they allow Sylvester Stallone to be the the Shaw of their group, where he can join the barbecue, even though he took Grandpa's legs.
1: You know, you gotta let shit go, Zach.
0: Legs are no Han. Legs.
1: <laughs> legs chill are, dude, chill out. Legs or no legs, <laughs> Han or no Han, everyone's invited to the kickout.
0: <sighs> they all and, gather in a big circle, put their hands in the middle, and say, to family. <laughs> to family. And, and that they is, throw the robot thing, and that is the end of Spy Kids 3.
1: A pivotal film for the Spy Kids universe, I think there is a four- if there is prof- a fourth. Yeah, I never
0: watched it. Do you do you know the gimmick of what the fourth one was? No, forty. It was it was smell-o-vision
1: Shut the fuck up.
0: When you saw it in theaters, they gave you a little card that you scratched and sniffed. Your- what was wrong with us in like the early two thousands? <laughs> this one, this one's like two thousand twelve. This one came out late. No way, really? Yeah, let me look. I think it was two thousand twelve. Um, 2011. I was close. Oh my God! Spy Kids, all the time in the world, and 4D Aromascope
1: Oh man, I'm glad yeah, I. Yeah, Jessica Alba,
0: that. Jessica Alba and Joel McHale.
1: <laughs> oh my God, that's you know, damn. I kind of want to watch it. It's
0: really bad. It's really bad.
1: I kind of want to watch it.
0: I feel like, if I remember right, they're cousins. Like it's their cousin.
1: Oh okay, well I noticed. I I just did a quick look up as well, and I noticed that Junie and Carmen were both there too. So yeah, okay. I mean, bring it all together, I guess. Can we get a spike? It's five. What would five oh, God, do I be? I hope not. I, I, Sound. I don't, I, yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just, <laughs> it's just in Dolby <laughs> three D. Um, and then there
0: are post credit bloopers that are pretty funny, actually.
1: Yeah. Stick around for it the bloopers ex- if you if you want to watch this because it's it's kind of worth it and you will also fucking learn that Harvey Weinstein's name is on yeah. this movie. Yeah, it is. Which is essentially the worst part of this entire experience. Whenever I got to the end, I wrote. Given Zach here was using a Google Doc like a like a true professional, I was just on a pen and, pen and paper to where I wrote across my entire notes. Harvey Weinstein's name is on this. <laughs> that's, yeah,
0: it's unfortunate.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate to say the least.
0: Last part of this movie.
1: Unfortunately. Yeah.
0: In detail. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Spike Kids 3 Game Over?
1: Like, all bullshitting aside, I had a lot of fun watching this movie, um, which I, I have a good feeling that that's going to be um, pretty standard for this show going forward. But... I guess I'm more surprised about how well it held up. You know, watching it as a kid and like given I am even now as like a 25 year old, like I'm watching this and thinking like thinking about like loving it as much as I did as a kid. But I would totally watch this with my son. I given He fucking loves Sharkboy and Lava Girl. It wouldn't be a reach for him to watch this, but it's, it works in a lot of ways. I mean, it's, it's a low budget movie that probably made a ton of money at the box office, it was a super smart decision, and it works, it's well paced, it's not super well acted, aside from maybe Alexa Vega, um, I wish that, um, I wish they kind of would have played up the campiness a little bit more in certain areas, Sly Stallone, in my opinion, gives his best, like, animated performance, and I think that, like, I think a Sly ever wanted to do, like, comedy or something like that, you could have probably done it. Because watching the Expendables and watching Rambo, the dude is, like, super serious all the time, and I get that that's, like, his whole macho persona mm. and stuff. But, it works. And I'd love to see him do more stuff like this, where he's just able to, like, actually make faces and be goofy. Um, George Clooney had no right uh, doing the <laughs> Sly Stallone uh, impersonation looking like Rob fucking Thomas. <laughs> but... <laughs> But like it's I said,
0: 3
1: I must be <laughs> he's just like about to start singing smooth, and Santana <laughs> comes out, which would have fit this film. But like, but yeah, like lo- the long and short of my opinion is that Spike is 3D, it's genuinely not that terrible. It's very fun to like riff on and make fun of. But like, if you just want something that like you could put on for your kid, and you know, watch with a niece and nephew, um, something like that you're not going to be miserable. It's It's going to be some stuff for you uh, here and there. I still do stand by. I genuinely do think this is like a more enjoyable movie than ready player one. But I also do think that like, this is probably the first and closest attempt at like making ready player one. Like, I think this movie is like very heavily inspired by it,
0: but it's good. It's good. That's, that's my verdict. This movie's good. I'm in the exact same boat. I remember like before we watched this, when we talked about originally we're doing it, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be a terrible movie. Like this is going to not hold up at all. Yeah. I mean, it visually doesn't hold up at all. Cause it was bad even back then visually, but it is still a really fun movie and it is a fast one. 83 minutes flies by. Yeah. And I think the 45 Rotten Tomatoes, like grand Rotten Tomatoes is 45% of people gave it a higher than 60, mm-hmm. but a 4.1 on IMDb is super low for this movie yeah it is like that i think could be a six easily yeah i agree but yeah i had a lot of fun um that wraps up the first episode of it's not that terrible that that was fun it was a good episode. Um, yeah and next week we are going to go over the the greatest 2002 film ever created uh scooby-doo Oh hell so no. yeah it's and gonna be amazing
1: scooby-doo as a preface for next week, I I genuinely and sincerely want you to watch this movie with us. It, it's unfortunately it's not on streaming. I think in the future we'll, we I want to try to shoot for some more that are um, very easily available for oh yeah every, absolutely everyone. But like these first two, the first one this is on Netflix. Scooby Doo. I think we're probably just gonna get it on YouTube or Amazon Prime. I think it's like three dollars or something. But please watch it with us so that we don't sound like complete and total like assholes, and so that like. You get some of these references because, Jesus Christ, Scooby-Doo, the live-action Scooby-Doo is a treat. And I think, like, I think I'm going to enjoy this a lot more than Spike Kids 3D for sure.
0: And, Morgan, before we go, I need to ask you one question to preface Scooby-Doo. Sure. Do you know what band makes a cameo in Scooby-Doo? Do shut the fuck up. I wish I could—man, I know the band.
1: I know the band, but you're asking me on the spot. It's, um—oh, God— it's uh sugar Ray.
0: Yes, huh? it is. It is sugar yeah. Ray. Hell yeah, dude. And that wraps up week one. Oh, it's not that terrible. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I'm Zach. You can find me on Twitter at Y R O K A Z underscore N W O R B. Please Twitter. Let me have yrokaz back. It'd be great. <laughs> and Morgan, where people find you at?
1: You can find me on twitter.com slash, uh, morgan high slip backwards basically it's p-i-l-s-y-h-n-a-g-r-o-m so if you have any hard time you know just morgan high slip just
0: spell it backwards you'll be good all right that does it guys we'll see you next week thanks guys